Entertainment's podcast from Bottomline Technologies. The battle between organisations and fraudsters could be compared to the Tour de France, a race through the windy back streets, or in this case back systems, to make best of a competitive advantage and take, by deception, as much money and data as possible. It's all dependent on who gets to the finish line first. Will organisations manage to roll out more secure processes in time to protect themselves, or will the fraudsters prove too sophisticated to catch? Hello, I'm Rich Williams, host of the Payments Podcast, and today I'm speaking with Julien Laurent about the ever-increasing ways large organisations are being impacted by fraud and what this means for them. Thanks for joining us today, Julien. Thank you for having me. So earlier this year, our independent report, The Payments Barometer, showed us the average loss of fraud for organisations in Great Britain was around £240,000, with one in five enterprises even losing more than £1 million. Julian, what's the impact of this scale of attack? So there is a multiple dimension to this. There's obviously the, the loss of fund, which is difficult, can get to critical cash flow issues for some of the businesses. It can be difficult to recoup. It could be hard to get your money back. Um, but I think furthermore, there is the disruption that can happen in a business, um, the, the cost of remediation um, when it comes after the reputation impact, depending on what business you are in. Um, having a cyber fraud attack can be quite quite impactful. Um, so, you know, we're, we've seen sometimes in the press banks saying that there is a IT glitch, but that might cause some disruption what an IT glitch could be um, a further more sinister thing happening in the background. So it's quite broad in terms of repercussion and the cost is difficult to put down. Even for someone that had a serious event, it would be very hard for them to fully quantify the impact financially and rep- on a reputation point of view. Okay, I understand. And it's quite clear from what we see in the media, um, particularly lately, that many companies are being hit by uh, examples such as this. So what are the most common threats that organisations within the financial services industry specifically might face? Um, well, currently, we see a lot of APP fraud type. So these are uh, phishing emails or emails that pretend to be your CEO asking for money to be transferred or more elaborate scam uh, that might target also uh, the, the end users or client. Um, malware is on the raise or ransomware, which we've seen quite a few cases that, again, can create massive disruption. Um, and in some odd situations, we also uh, see an impact where the, the attack was to use the resources of the company to do some mining on some cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. So they were installing a software in order to make money on a bank, not actually do anything else but stealing powers and energy bills. So it's quite broad. Uh, that's interesting you, you mentioned there about um, uh cryptocurrency mining, for example, uh, brings us quite neatly to the next question. So we, we know the payments landscape is changing constantly and very rapidly. Um, and obviously fraudsters have to become more sophisticated to find the latest loopholes. Uh, and evidence suggests that uh, they're clearly capable of doing this. So what approaches are they now taking that businesses should be aware of? So the, the biggest one is what we call um, island hopping. Uh, so it's when if um, a fraudster has tested your defences and find out that they could not find a way in, they will then look at you, your supply chain 
and find a weak link within your supply chain. Now, that might sound like, oh, that's quite difficult. But if you think about it, if you have a Starbucks coffee or, or a Costa coffee shop in front of your building, it won't take long for someone to sit in here drinking coffee all day to find out who comes to fix your coffee machine or your plumbing. And then if they go after that company, their goal is not to make any damage in that institution, is to use them as a mean to get to you. So we all have seen on our Outlook messages to say, do not open this attachment if you do not know the source of it. And we're, quite, we're getting quite wise to this. But if you do know the source, because someone came and fixed your printer or what have you, and then you open the attachment, that attachment could have a payload on it, which is a malware, and that was the door open to them. And they will then move laterally within your organization until they find a system that is the actual target. So they are now willing to go in quite some length in order to get to the end result. So what about the less widely reported types of fraud, those that are more uncommon, and potentially the ones organizations don't yet know to look out for at all? Um, yeah, exactly. It's... Um, Recently, we had quite a fair bit of PowerShell attack, and uh, PowerShell is an interesting thing. It's um, it's a tool used by most IT department in order to deploy um, perfectly legitimate softwares or update to your uh, laptop or comp- company computers without you having to do anything. So as a user, you don't see anything happening on your screen, but in the background, things get installed and things are happening. And uh, this was highlighted by Swift uh, with a message that they sent to all the Swift users, but there were multiple attempts to use that. Um, The sadness with that is PowerShell, when it's on your right hand, is fantastic, but it can also be used by fraudster. So this is some of the things that people failed to see. Um, We notice also a lot of uh, human firewall failure. By that, I mean, you, you might have written great policies on what should be done, not done in the organization. Um, but if people fail to apply that on a daily basis, then they, they expose your company to that. And more phenomenally, we, we've seen the rise of compromised hardware. I think the most shocking example I've seen lately is the OMG cable, uh, which is a, a lead to charge your iPhone. But that lead has a chip on it and a Wi-Fi antenna built in which you can't, you really cannot see from the outside. But if you plug this into your computer or into your phone, the hacker then, if he is within the perimeter of the Wi-Fi, will be able to gain access and load payloads onto your machine. Now, again, if you have a coffee shop in front of your building, how many of those needs to be left around on the table before one of your employees grabs one of them? So it's, it's a really um, frightening view to see how fast they can evolve and how sophisticated the, the attacks are becoming now. Um, I think another one that was very good is, and um, this was in the press, but Asus, which is a large computer manufacturer, had their server act a couple of months ago when the hackers took the latest update package and insert their malware onto it. So when the owner of the laptop were loading the latest update, thinking they're keeping their system safe by having the latest update. They were actually loading the malware. That's quite impressive and audacious from the hackers. But this is the level of sophistication we are looking now in terms of endpoint uh, penetration. 
I think we always talk about the the combination of uh, people, process, and technology, and there there are clearly weak links in all three of those that could be exploited by these people who are clearly very sophisticated and clearly will go to great lengths just to get a piece of information mm. that might help them further down the line, if not immediately. Oh, wow, funny. that is frightening. So, how should companies um, best keep up with the fraudsters um, when they're adapting at such a fast rate? I think a multi-layer of protection is essential nowadays. Um, you 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 must have the front the front door protected, um, but you must also assume that someone will manage to get through that, and then you need to have other layers to protect yourself uh, along the way. So changing the topic ever so slightly, um, is it enough just to follow regulations uh, or are there other considerations need to be, uh, to be kept in mind? No, I think we, we need to go beyond regulation. Uh, the, the regulators are doing a, a stellar job, um, but they, they are a large organisation. They have to, to, to look out for um, big processes in terms of come up with regulation. And I think nowadays we need to be aware that fraudster will move a lot faster. Also, um, if you think about it, if you issue a regulation saying that within six months you need to be implementing certain um, countermeasures, the hackers can read that too. It's public knowledge. So they, they have a nice notice and within six months' time, certain tricks won't work anymore. And they're not going to wait until the six-month expire to, to move on to the next technique. So it's really to... to it's a game of chess. You're playing chess and you need to be two or three move ahead or your strategy might not work. So Julian, let's conclude this podcast on a, on a rather serious topic, um, looking at some of the examples of what happens if organisations don't comply. Um, I think the best um, to do with this is maybe to take an example, which is quite public. I think there's, um, there's a good example that always come to mind for me is Andy Powell, which was the CISO of uh, Maersk. He, they experienced a very grave attack and, and they, they paid the consequences. And I think what he said on this is, um, and I quote, the way in which our business are changing, the attack surface is massively changing. The all forfeit front door, let's stop them approach must go. We are all digitizing and creating one-to-one relationship with our customer, which we need to protect. And that's exactly that. Multi-layer of protection, assume that your first defenses will be broken. And so what happened then? And, uh, and let's not forget that at the end of the day, um, these, these people are after a couple of things, either your data, your money, or your resources. So keep that in mind and add layers to make it difficult to reach those goals. Assume the worst and prepare for it. Absolutely. Great. Well, that was all really insightful, um, if a little unsettling at times. Uh, But thanks again, Julian, for joining us. Thank you. So unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. We'll be back with some more podcasts very soon. And in the meantime, you can listen to more episodes on all things payments at the touch of a button using your preferred provider. And we'll see you all next time. Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.